0: Hello and welcome to Sad Times, the podcast by sad people for sad people. I'm your host, Alyssa, and this episode is very special, taped in front of a live studio audience. <coughs> totally kidding. Um, my good sis story is in the room. I figured I should uh, get used to filming in front of other people because I live with um, a circus. Um, but that's, that's not the point I'm trying to make here. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get this show on the road. First, I want to thank... Anyone who either watched, you know, the podcast, listened to the podcast, the first episode last week, I seriously appreciate it. I wasn't expecting anyone to listen, so the fact that people, like, actually did, um, give a shit, um, was, was, was great. It was very nice. Um, I don't know, I feel like it's, like, kind of, I guess, hyper-specific, so, like, I wasn't really expecting people to, like, care, you know, um... But yeah, it was it was it was really really nice to see you know, um, you know people were like texting me people I haven't heard from in a while. Um, I don't know. It was it was it was really it was really cool because for my radio show that I, I mentioned I'm probably gonna mention my radio show a lot. Um, I never promoted it ever, <laughs> like my like people that like are close to me know about it, but like I never posted about it on like anything because um, well. I'm afraid of, I guess, I was afraid of no one listening, so I was like, well, if no one listens and I'm not promoting, then it's different, you know what I mean? And also, at the same time, I didn't really care if people listened to, like, I was kind of just, like, doing it for me, you know what I mean? So, going into this, I was like, well, I gotta promote this. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just saying thank, thank, just thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm already blabbing too much, but I I told you I'm gonna over-explain things and speak too much, so... You get what you pay for, you know what I mean? Also, um, I'm wearing, I'm wearing if, you're, if you're watching the YouTube video, then you can see that I'm wearing um, some Sad Times merch. If you're listening, you know, it's the audio-only version, then I'll describe it to you. It's a black hoodie, and it has the logo on it. It said Sad Times, the podcast. And on the back, there's a big sad face. Um, my best friend made this for me for my birthday. Um, hi, Nicole, love you. I had an overwhelming amount of people say that I should come out with merch, and by overwhelming amount of people, one person said that they would buy merch if I released it. So if that's something you'd be interested in, um, let me know. Is it, I mean, that's very um, very bold of me to assume that people would want merch for a podcast that um, after the first episode. I'm getting a little too ahead of myself, but, you know, whatever. Okay, so still talking about the first episode really quick. Um, when I was editing it and watching it back it frustrated me how many things I didn't talk about or how many things I left out. Um, but I feel like this is probably going to happen a lot because it's really hard for me to stay on track because, um, I think this might've been my other disclaimer. I meant to say at the first, um, beginning of the first episode, I like my mind goes way faster than I can speak. So like I'm already, like, seven conversations ahead of what I'm talking about. It's very hard for me to stay on track. So I feel like I'm definitely going to leave things out probably every episode. Like, I'm sure I'm going to be kicking myself when I'm editing this one, being like, yeah, exactly. So I figured at the beginning of every episode, I'll have, um, you know, a mini segment where I circle back. And I talk about the things I meant to talk about the first, you know, the episode before. Just to cover all my bases, as if anyone, you know really notice besides me that I left certain things out one album I didn't bring up I didn't literally did not even mention which is crazy was um Ethan Gruska's album On Guard which featured Moses Sumney and Phoebe Bridgers obviously cannot believe that I didn't even bring that up um, an amazing album if you like really um, sad piano ballads then I would I highly suggest you check it out but also his song with Phoebe Bridgers is like pretty upbeat and it's kind of a bop. Um, there's a music video, you know, that you can go check out for it as well. Uh, he is one of the two producers on both of Phoebe's album. He helps her with pretty much everything. Um, he's done a couple of her performances with her. He played piano at her, um, um, CBS Saturday sessions, amongst other things, but that was the first thing that popped into my mind. An album that I briefly mentioned but actually didn't speak about was Adrian Lenker's Songs and Instrumentals. I don't know. I don't even know how I how I forgot this, because when Anything came out, which was the lead single off of the album, I was obsessed with that song. I mean, I, I still love that song. Um, I talked about her when I was speaking about the big Thief song that came out, but um i love her solo albums as well it's definitely um obviously it's more stripped down it's pretty much just her and her guitar yeah this one was great i love the artwork i think it's sick and then she has those like long instrumental tracks as well which is really cool um she said that she like felt inspired she was like staying in like a cabin um and just decided to you know record the songs and i think that's i think it was great also titling an album songs you know who else can do that besides Adrienne Linker? I don't know. But she just performed um, anything on the Stephen Colbert show this week. So that was that was fun. That was pretty cool. Her last album, Hibiscus, had the song From that eventually became a Big Thief song. So I wonder if maybe that'll happen with one of these songs. I don't know. Um, I know that Big Thief is already recording. I talked about that last week. Um, so I don't know. Who's to say? But yeah, that, that was such an incredible album that came out in October. And um, I can't believe that I... speak about it like more in depth but definitely check that out anything is was the lead single and probably one of my still like one of my top songs from the album and lastly a song uh, an album that I did not like fully go into because I'm fucking stupid was Hayley Williams pedals for armor so I don't even know where to start with this people have a lot of mixed opinions about this album which I I guess I understand because it's not Paramore, but it's it's not Paramore. Taylor Williams. So whatever. I don't even care about people's opinions. You know what I mean? Whatever. It's not it's not about them. This is about her. This is about me. It's my podcast. Regardless of what you were expecting it to be, can we just take a moment and like, app- like not even appreciate? Let I want to just like applaud her for doing this for herself. She came out here and she called her ex-husband a fucker and she was, she called him out, leading track simmer. And I don't know, I just feel like any, anytime someone asked me, like, who, like, who would I, who would I want to, like, eat dinner with, dead or alive, whatever, my answer has always been Haley Williams. And because I just feel like as a woman, like, I just had this, like, insane appreciation for her. I think, like, she's just such an incredible role model and that sounds so fucking cheesy but it's true she like the things that she's gone through like in her personal life in her career like everything like she's just such like a such a strong woman and we throughout paramore's discography and now pedals for armor um maybe another album coming soon we'll talk about that later we like we we heard it all we watched it all and it's just so in- i don't know it's just crazy and like i've I've connected with those songs longer than any band, really. I mean, I found Paramore when I was, what, in like fifth grade or something like that. So I don't know. I feel like her lyrics have always been like a rock for me. So love Haley Williams. I think it's so important that she did this for herself and she stepped outside of her comfort zone. She always said that she would never do anything solo. But I think in this particular instance, I think it was very important that she um, stepped out. Of the paramore box for a second and released this as Haley williams and Paramore's fine they're gonna release more music like i'm she assured that it wasn't the end of the band they didn't break up everything is fine um but yeah i just think that it was it was very important for her to release this also it has some of her best lyrics she's ever written which um also brings me to another point that she reunited boy genius to do background vocals on roses lotus violet iris and like who else can reunite boy genius besides boy genius but okay that that song in particular has literally some of the best written lyrics i have ever heard in my life like just the concepts of um femininity and like womanhood and strength and just everything like that that song is absolutely incredible so if you haven't heard that one I I highly recommend and people also had shit to say um because you can't really hear the boy genius background vocals like that well but like they're background vocals like you know what I mean like I don't I don't know me personally when I first heard it like I didn't like I wasn't like disappointed by any means um I feel like you could definitely hear Julian when she first comes in because she has a she has a very powerful and like um, hypnotizing kind of voice, if that makes sense. I don't know. I feel like it's very obvious when she comes in. And I feel like you also hear Lucy towards the end. I feel like you can always hear Lucy's vocals cut in because it's just so warm. Um, you can't miss them. Phoebe's, I, I will admit Phoebe's might get a little lost in in my personal opinion. I feel like the other two are, stand out more to me. But anyway, yeah, can't believe I didn't really discuss Pedals for Armor. I'm sure that I'm going to think of more eventually, but I'll close that chapter here. I just didn't want to go without talking about those. This episode, I really want to talk about how artists were able to get creative in the ways that they release content during hashtag COVID Um, because... I feel like there's definitely an evolution. You know, at first people really didn't know what the fuck to do. And then, yeah, I don't know. They just really found really cool ways to, you know, release things and, um, you know, give their fans something. Because I feel like one of the silver linings about the pandemic, once again, this is me watering things down and like really trying hard to find positives. I know that there are Way more negatives, um, but you know, I, sometimes when I like, I really step outside myself and I get like really, um, like overwhelmed. I guess about like the idea of everything that's going on. Something that helps me make me feel better is that like everyone is going through it together. You know what I mean? Like it's not just like an individualized experience. Like it is collective. I don't know. That helps me a little bit, and that's like artists included. You know what I mean? Like they are just as, you know, nervous and. Stressed and depressed, um, as every, you know, as everybody else, um, so, you know, I feel like it, it also gave artists an opportunity, even more than ever, I feel like, to really connect with their fans, I feel like more of them felt the need to, or the want to, because, like, I think they just knew that everyone is just, like, down, you know what I mean, like, this is really just, like, such a traumatic experience, like, actually, Okay, so towards the beginning of the pandemic, like the very, very beginning, the first like from home concert I saw was Soccer Mommy's NPR tiny desk from home. She was the first artist to do a tiny desk concert from home. And I remember being so excited, but also like a little bummed just because like she hasn't done a tiny desk, and I and I w- like I'm so curious what the tiny desk versions, the real tiny desk versions would be like, you know. Um, but it was great, you know. <laughs> She's done. Then she wound up doing a couple different like live streams of just you know it, it, it started the NPR tiny desks in the beginning from home, start off very simple, just the artist, maybe some acoustic instruments, um, and like an iPhone or a webcam but it definitely evolved um, as, as you know, the pandemic kind of went on. All these artists are like, self-producing these, like, these videos and having them, you know, professionally shot and stuff like that. Chloe and Hallie had a really amazing one. Dua Lipa had a really great one. Miley Cyrus posted one just a few days ago that was so fucking good and she had this like set that was like this like tiny bedroom and she was sitting on the bed also she covered Fade Into You by Mazzy Star which I fucking loved um yeah Miley Cyrus is great also those three artists all released really great albums last year I won't I won't backpedal and like speak about each one because I told you I was closing that chapter but I will just mention that um all three of those albums were really great but yeah so that's how that's how it kind of started artists were kind of just doing things from their bedroom like even last week I mentioned that Phoebe did the tour around her house she posted that dramatic Instagram video it was like Phoebe Bridgers live on tour and it was like it was like this crazy like this crazy crowd if you know this then I don't sound crazy but if you've never seen this Instagram video I just sound like I'm make zero sense right now but it was like an Instagram video and it was was like a tour promo and it was like they they just took this like crowd from this like random music festival made it very dramatic um but all the dates were like her bed her playing in her kitchen playing in her bathroom like she was just going oh she did like uh, like I think it was like four or five different live streams just around her house you know, with, like, her guitar, and, like, you know, that was, that was it, that was her tour, but, yeah, that's, that's how it all started. Oh, before I get in, before I move on to my next little, um, segment, also Phoebe did a tiny desk, um, and you can spot me in the tiny desk because she was accepting videos of fans singing the outro of I Know the End, so I dragged my sister with me, and I drove around my, I, you know, I just drove around in my car screaming, um, I Know the End, um, and I sent it in and I was wearing a skeleton, um, costume and I was very proud. I, I bought the skeleton costume before that. I didn't just buy it for the video. I don't know if that makes it better or worse. Um, so yeah, um, if you find me, um, welcome, you know, I, I did a couple different takes to that and my sister was going to kill me. She's not going to watch this, but I'm, I'm still sorry, Jenna. I'm very sorry. We also had KEXP sessions from home. They're still they're still going on from home, but same like the NPR Tiny Desks. They started pretty simple, just the artists at home in front of a webcam or whatever, and now they're like the like self produced like full performances. We got great ones from I mentioned Julian Baker's last week. That was great. Fan Lily did one. Bright Eyes did one. Um, you can always count on KEXP also for great interviews. Shout out to Cheryl Waters. Love her. Um, i want to be cheryl waters i think everyone does um but she's she's so cute and she always asks the best questions she's like a genuine like she's genuinely a great interviewer and um i always love watching artists talk to her i don't know she just seems so like so pure you know there were also so many artists using instagram live as like a way of like connecting with fans or releasing you know or having like shows um Ben from Deathcap for QD did like a like a series, and he was I think he was like donating like profits that he was making as well. I think he was trying to raise money for various different causes. Fen Lily had her bath time series where she would just like go on and interview um, other artists while they were both um, in bathtubs, but like obviously um, in in different bathtubs. I don't know why I had to um, clarify that. I think that was probably self explanatory. But anyway. Um, she interviewed Phoebe Bridger, She interviewed Christian Lee Hudson. She interviewed a lot of a lot of a lot of different people. Now she's now she's doing um, some other like radio show thing, even like non music related content. Like Muna was just like Instagram living them making banana bread and like all these different recipes. Like all three members were participating. Love to see it. Like it was things like that where like you just I feel like everyone just wanted some kind of like human connection, <laughs> um, because. I mean, you should still be socially distancing yourself and staying safe, Um, but it was—it definitely in the beginning, it was, like, at a different level because um, more people were listening and abiding by um, those rules, you know? You also had artists like Snail Mail and Vagabond do their young man hour Instagram lives every week. I think it was every Thursday night. They would just get on Instagram live for, like, hours and just talk shit about the most random things, and... You had males messy ass talking about her ex. Um, and it was literally just Leticia the whole time, just being the voice of reason. <laughs> um, but then they wound up going to Patreon with that. I don't know if it's still going on, because I honestly never signed up. I kept meaning to, and I just never did. But yeah, they wound up going to Patreon and charging, you know, making money off of Young Man Hour, which is great, because like I said, like, streaming has already, like fucked over artists. Like they make no money um from streaming. Like Spotify I'm guilty, I use Spotify, but Spotify does not pay artists what they should be paid. Touring really is their main source of income and obviously that couldn't happen. So good for them, you know, making money on that Patreon because, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Also, I think one of the more creative things I've seen was soccer mommy doing an album listening party on club penguin now the official club penguin has closed is that what you say when it shut down i don't know um but there's like a server website that basically it's like the same exact thing it's just not the official club penguin so she did an album listening party on there which was so fucking funny but the first time she did it it crashed and they had to reschedule it which is also really funny like imagine crashing club penguin like that's fucking iconic so shout out to soccer mommy but i i think i had work or something so i couldn't actually like be there for it but i saw a bunch of pictures and like screenshots on twitter afterwards and it, it was like really fucking funny everyone was just being very chaotic but that was a really cool and creative thing i think i don't know especially because i guess she knows that, like the age of all her fans like we all i i fucked shit up on club penguin when i was younger and i'm sure that there are a bunch of her fans that are around my age so that was really that was really funny that was really cool soccer mommy also released 8-bit music videos for um, her song crawling in my skin and they were all illustrated to be in different cities like some of her favorite cities um that she goes to when she tours um it included um austin minneapolis chicago seattle toronto um so that was like kind of cool like just to give some kind of visual and like, I don't know, especially guess if you're from that city you or you have been to those cities, like you recognize things like, oh, that's so cool or whatever. I don't know. That was just really creative. That was, I don't know. I feel, when I said that out loud, it sounded kind of dumb, but like, I I don't know. I thought that was a cool way to um, to, to tour, virtually tour. I don't know. Just give some, give everyone something, you know what I mean? Because you definitely have to see artists get creative with music videos too. I feel like They're finding ways to safely shoot them now, and it's kind of like back to normal. But like I said, when everything was just starting, no one really did anything. No one knew. Obviously, testing wasn't as um, accessible, so they couldn't just have these celebrities get tested every fucking day or whatever the regulation and protocol is now. Um, Also, the Legend Soccer Mommy also performed at a virtual... Um, rally for Bernie Sanders, which was sick. Um, That also became a meme because afterwards he thanked her for the music. um, And he said, I want to thank Sakamami because that's how Bernie Sanders, you know, talks. But that was, that was cool too, because not to get political, but I'll get political. um, The smart thing to do during this time was to have virtual rallies and not to have actual rallies you know, physical rallies where thousands of people were in close proximity to each other during a pandemic with, like, no masks, you know, it just sounds like the smart thing to do. Anyway, there were also, like, virtual music festivals, which, um, which was, which was cool. You got to see, there were, there were so many, I can't even begin to, like, list them all. A lot of them were for, you know, different, um, some of them were, like, fundraisers, some of them were just because. Twitter legend Meg memes had her own Meg memes festival, which was really cool. And she had some great artists like um, Samia, soccer mommy, snail mail, Tom Berlin, all these great artists performed and it was really cool. I I tuned in. I think once again, I was at work. I couldn't watch it live, but I went back when they were available and I watched it. So that was that was really cool. Meg memes is a Twitter legend. um, If you ever see this, hi and I would love to interview you if you would be down. Oh, actually, that brings me to a great point. I meant to say this at the beginning of this episode. I meant to say it at the beginning of last episode. If you're an artist, an indie artist, um, I guess specifically, or even a fan, or even, um, yeah, I don't know, if involved in the community in any way, and you want to be a guest on this podcast, I would totally be down for that. We could some kind of, like, zoom situation or whatever. And yeah, I would love to uh, I would love to people have people um on here with me and just, you know, talk shit. So, if you're interested in that, you can reach out um you know, through the Twitter, Instagram, DMs, whatever. If you actually know me, I guess you can, you know, text me or something. Um yeah, I have I have a I have like two guests that are like down. Um so that that'll be coming soon. Back to what I was saying. Another really cool thing that I feel like a lot of artists were taking part of were Bandcamp Fridays. And Bandcamp Friday started towards the beginning of COVID-19 and it was basically one Friday every month all of the money made on Bandcamp went directly to the artists, which is great. This was, you know, obviously to help with COVID relief and a lot of artists you know, a lot of bigger artists wound up using this as an opportunity to, to give back. People releasing songs on Bandcamp Friday and then saying 100% of the proceeds are going to Planned Parenthood or, you know, various BLM causes and stuff like that. Phoebe Bridgers released um, some demos from Punisher called um, Inner Demos um, that had um, the Kyoto demo, the Garden Song demo, and the ICU demo. You had Boy Genius release demos of like those first three Boy Genius songs, um, "Bite the Hand," "Me and My Dog," and "Stay Down," um, and you know they donated the proceeds. Um, just just to name a few, but so many artists did this, and a lot of artists use their voice to um, amplify Black voices. Like that soccer mommy, she would always tweet, "Hey, like today's Bandcamp Friday. Um, I'm not promoting my own music. Here are some great Black artists that you should check out," which I think is. Which I think was super important when once BLM was like at the forefront of things, a lot of artists were using Bandcamp Fridays as a way to give back towards bail funds and everything like that. Yeah, that was that was really great. And on Bandcamp, um, through Bandcamp, a lot of um, people were releasing like these large compilations of like a bunch of different artists. Um, one that stands out to me was "Good Music to Avert the Collapse of American Democracy." There were two volumes of that. Volume one had um, 44 tracks. Volume two had 77 tracks. Between the two of them, you had um, a Haley Williams cover of Color Me In by Broadcast, um, Matt Berniger um, covering In Between Days by The Cure, you had Weiss Blood covering River by Joni Mitchell, you had um, a, a Phoebe Bridgers Chinese satellite demo. A bright eyes demo of Pen and Broom. So, yeah, obviously, it was just a clusterfuck of artists because there were so many fucking tracks. Yeah, like over a hundred and I can't do math, over 110 tracks. So, that was really great. Another really great compilation, not through Bandcamp, but um, from Stereo Gum. It was called Stay- Save Stereo Gum. And it was just a bunch of covers of like 2000s pop songs. Um, so many great artists were on there. You had um, Lucy Dacus' cover, Lips of an Angel by Hinder. You had um, Julian Baker covered Blink-182, um, there were, there were, there were so many good, um, tracks on there, Illuminati Hotties were on there, um, before I, like, start to wrap things up, I want to, um, just once again highlight all, all, like, the cool things that Phoebe Bridgers was able to do, I know that an alternate, alternative title to this podcast could just be sucking Phoebe Bridgers dick for 40 minutes straight, but that's fine, I'm gonna say it anyway, (laughs) um, between, her releasing her album, finding these creative ways to do all her late night TV performances, like the first one she did was I don't want to say the first one. I, I I think it might be her first one. I believe it was it was either James Corden or Stephen Colbert where she sang Kyoto in her bathtub with like the with that microphone, you know, like taped and she had the Yeah. Um if you're if you're watching, I probably inserted a picture so you could see what I'm talking about. If you're if you're just listening then um sorry, that was a very bad description, but she, she performed Keto in her bathtub. But then, you know, then she wound up, um, doing that version of Savior Complex with Irma the ghost. She wound up doing, um, the version of I Know the End to the, um, empty theater. And she like walks through that and she has her, her, you know, her manager, her assistant, like throw panties at her from the balcony. Iconic. Her late night, um, TV appearances were very creative. Um, You had her Kyoto music video. Um, She was supposed to actually go to Tokyo to film it and obviously could not. So, you know, did the whole thing green screen, which green screens became everyone's best friends during this time. Um, You had her go on Twitch and do... um, It was like she was like on this comedy show and then she um, performed a couple songs too. Like I mentioned, her NPR Tiny Desk, which was really cool. It was um, once again green screened and then she's like in the Oval Office with... um, marshall and harrison and then once the um i know the end build-up takes off like it's like the camera zooms out you see the green screen like marshall goes over to the drum kits like i don't know it's like very like very punk which is like not what i would describe phoebe's music as but like i don't know that one moment i was like yeah it's sick that's hard as fuck um (laughs) i know i mentioned this last week but her her concert at red rocks it's just so good um, that's like my bucket list tour venue. I want to see at least one show at Red Rocks one day. I mean, concerts sound foreign right now. I would love to see a concert at Red Rocks. And her show at the Troubadour was also was also really good. You had a couple artists do, um, you know... Show us to nobody. Like soccer, soccer mommy did the saver, um, the summer stages everywhere. Samia was supposed to do a show last month and then had to cancel it. Um, that was like through um La Poison Rouge's like streaming service. Now you have um band is in town having um some live stream concerts as well. So you know they're 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 finding ways to try and um to try and put on shows um obviously it's different nothing is going to compare to like a real live concert with a real audience but you know it's it's something to hold us over yeah i just want to talk about phoebe really quick because i just feel like she she honestly accomplished so much In um i feel like it's more noto- noteworthy because it was a year like this okay I'll, I'll that's the end of my um my phoebe segment let's talk about some some new stuff i mentioned it before Haley williams might be coming out with new stuff no one's really sure if it's just Haley, or it's Paramore. I feel like it's just Haley. Very confusing. She was sending fans like doll arms and saying, and I had a tag that said, Plant me, and she autographed it. Um, she sent fans some songs. There's a website you can go to. It's very cryptic. It reminds me of I'm not a huge 21 Pilots stan as I once was. Also, Tyler Joseph's response to the BLM movement was questionable, but I'm not going to get into that right now. But the, it reminds me of some like cryptic blurry blurry face shit that they would do it's fun I, it's like it's you know it gets like the fans like conspiring and I don't know it's it's just it's just fun to see everyone talking about something on Twitter once again especially at a time like this I, everyone's kind of looking for like community I guess if I don't know it sounds cheesy but it's true so new songs definitely are coming I don't know if it's gonna be a full album maybe it's just gonna be an ep um I'm sure a lot of artists have written so much over this past year so I'm excited to hear all the results of that. We also got a brand new Charlie Hickey song. I was talking about him a bunch last week, and then um, he released a new song and a new music video um, produced and written with Marshall Vore. Once again, including background vocals from Phoebe Bridgers, which we love to see. She truly has the Midas touch, so, you know, um, it's, it was very exciting to hear that she was also on this track. It's called 10 Feet Tall, and... Once again, some of these lyrics are great. I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you um, my favorite my favorite couple of lines. I used to be afraid of dying. Now I'm afraid of going home and turning on the TV. I want to live in a shoebox under your bed with your liquor stickers and strawberry moons. Incredible. We love Charlie Hickey here. Huge Charlie Hickey fan. We also have a brand new album from Arlo Parks, which is super exciting. I was really loving the singles that she was putting out um leading up to this album i'm getting up the track list now so I don't forget some of my faves uh the album is called Co- um collapsed in sunbeams i saw a tweet last night or the day before and it was like arlo park sings in cursive but she's allowed to because she's arlo parks and i agree she definitely 100 sing 100 sings in cursive but it's okay some of my favorite songs are um well I-, I loved all the singles like black dog green eyes so good but um also eugene great um, but I love Four Violet. That's been, um, that's been one of my favorites, definitely, for sure. We have so much more new music to listen, uh, to look forward to. We have Super Monster by Claude is under two weeks away from coming out, and I'm really, really excited for that album. Um, pre-ordered it and all that good stuff. Um, I really, really love the singles that, um, they're putting out, and I'm just excited to hear the whole thing. I think it's gonna be, I know it's gonna be great, and, I can't wait to talk about that once that comes out. Also, we're less than a month away from Little Oblivions from Julian Baker, which I raved about, you know, last week, so I won't get into it again, but, um, that's another album I can't wait to dive into, um, on here. I feel like that's probably going to be a whole episode, it's just me digging into Little Oblivions. But with all that being said, um, not to end on a sad note, but it is sad times, the podcast, um... Today it was announced that Sophie has passed away and she was a very um, iconic trans artist um, who really formed um, a style of pop, um, hyper pop specifically, and really um, shaped music. Um, This is the um, statement from her team. It is with profound sadness that I have to inform you that musician and producer Sophie passed away this morning around 4 a.m. in Athens, where the artist had been living following a sudden accident. At this time, respect and privacy for the family is our priority. We would also ask for respect for her fan base and to treat the private nature of this news with sensitivity. Sophie was a pioneer of a new sound, one of the most influential artists in the last decade, not only for ingenious production and creativity, but also the message and visibility that was achieved, an icon of liberation. So, um, a lot of people were obviously tweeting about this all day because she has impacted, you know, a lot of people's lives. Um, there aren't a lot of trans artists. So, um, you know, it, it, it's amazing that she left this incredible mark, but obviously it's so sad that you know she had to go so soon so with that being said um the song of the day is going to be um a song by Sophie it's okay to cry it's one of my favorite songs by her and I could not have the song of the day be by her so um I highly suggest you check it out also check out everything else I mentioned um especially the Arlo Parks album I think it's really great there's also um a deluxe version where she has her lo-fi sessions included so you could hear her cover of Moonsong by The Bridgers, Bags by Claro, and so much more. Definitely check that out. But I think, I think that's it for this episode. I think I rambled enough. I'll be back next week. If you made it this far, thank you for listening again <laughs> because um, it can't be that much fun to listen to me talk for fucking 40 minutes straight. So yeah, as always, stay kind and stay sad.